Out of the tunnel on this Thursday afternoon, the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs begin their quest for a repeat. Fresh off a monster contract extension, Kirby Smart squad opened fall camp today. And there's nothing quite like a summer road trip. Next up, North Carolina. What tricks does Mac Brown have up his sleeve and what should we expect from the Tar Heels in 2022? Spencer Rattler looking to be the next comeback kid. The former Oklahoma quarterback hopes to make a fresh start in Columbia once Heisman hopeful set to lead the Gamecocks. Football Live this afternoon alongside Andre Ware. I'm Wendy Nix. It was a busy back-to-work week on campuses across the country and on this Thursday. That does include the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. The question for Georgia, what will it take for a repeat? Haven't seen that in quite some time, and here's what they lost. They only returned 21% of the production from a defense that saw eight players taken in the NFL draft. The offense bringing back seven starters, but the Dogs overall have the third lowest returning production in the FPS. FBS. Today, Kirby Smart asked what a real rebuilding year looks like. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you ever look at a, a rebuilding year in the front of it. You, know, you can certainly look in retrospect and think of things that way, but I, I don't think you'll ever find a coach that would say that uh, going into the season. So I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it looks like here. Andre, in all fairness, he's right. I mean, every season is different. Every team is different. And this is what we do in college football as players go on to either transfer or make take their game to the next level. But I'll ask you this. Do you think it's realistic that Georgia just sort of picks up where they left off and is able to replace all that production that lost? Yeah, Wendy, I think Georgia's in a place that Alabama was in a few years ago, you know, where they don't rebuild. They just sort of retool. Uh, guys that are equally as talented, waiting to uh, to step into starters' roles and play significant minutes. When you look at Georgia defensively, yeah, they return three starters. But I say all the time, or tell people all the time, that's the fastest way to kind of build a team back is on the defensive side because it's reactionary. Guys just get to the football, so to speak, in, in layman's terms. But offensively, they've got Stetson Bennett back. They've got their – Three, three of their four top pass catchers back. Brooke Bowers is back at, at tight end, who was their leading receiver. So Georgia's primed on offense. It's just defensively. Can they get themselves back defensively with all that talent out the door that went to the NFL? Well, that's a fair question. I do think it's interesting they have a quarterback who finally answered the question, can he win the big game? You certainly would argue the national championship is that big game. Georgia, by the way, trying to become the first school to win back-to-back national titles since Alabama did it in 2011 and 2012. Now, speaking of national championships, you could argue that for the Ohio State Buckeyes, it is a national title or bust. Here's what we're looking at for the Buckeyes. They fell short of claiming a fifth straight Big Ten title last season. But our football power index gives Ohio State the best chance of any team to win their conference this season. FPI also says they have the number one offense in the country. Ohio State leading the FBS in points per game and yards per game since Ryan Day took over as head coach. And C.J. Stroud returning after leading all players in total QBR. 
The sophomore entering the season as a top contender for the Heisman Trophy. Here's his head coach speaking today on the expectations for this Buckeyes team. Did you hope that every year you're in that position at Ohio State? I think that's what makes you, you know, Ohio State unique. Um, there's probably you know five to ten across the country that are that way, where every every year the expectation stays the same. That being said, every year is different. You know, the, the people are different, and you hope you have enough coming back that gives you a chance to make that run. But in order to reach our goals, uh, we got to take care of business early on. And really, you can't start accomplishing those goals until November. The good news is uh, a lot of our younger guys have gotten experience, so that's exciting. But you can't. You can't start getting too far down the road with that stuff. It just doesn't work. you got to keep grinding every day and stay hungry. Andre, it's funny because uh, as camps open up across the country, you'll hear the word expectations all week long. We heard it Monday every single day. Listen, I don't know. There are very few places where the expectations are higher for a team than they are in Columbus, Ohio. Is it fair, and I said this earlier, to say that really this team – fall short if they don't win or contend for a national championship. No, it's not. It's fair. I don't think it's unfair. When you look at Ohio State, like the last few years with Alabama, Georgia now is on that kind of on that platform. I think Ohio State's the same in the same caliber of uh, conversation, so to speak. They have recruited well. They've got one of the better quarterbacks coming back and one of the top receivers coming back. Uh, both will be Heisman Trophy candidates this year. Defensively, they've got eight eight starters coming back on that side of the ball. So they are loaded with experience, talent. The coaching staff is intact with a new defensive coordinator with a lot of talent on that side. As I mentioned, Ohio State every single year, the way they recruit is going to be in this conversation in terms of a national championship. You talked about the quarterback and the skill position players he has around him. Andre, look, this offense is explosive. It was explosive last season. There is literally no reason to believe it won't be this time around. But what what could trip it up? What could be the Achilles heel of an offense that on paper uh, should really perform lights out? Well, it's the offensive line. If they can't protect C.J. Stroud and run the football like Ohio State has in past years, then that's the thing that can trip them up. But – there's enough experience on that side of the ball where they're going to they're going to move the football. They're going to stop teams defensively. Uh, injuries, those are always things that we don't account for early in the season where we're trying to uh, forecast what a team may be. Uh, if if the wrong players at the wrong time get injured, then that's a thing that could actually be a hiccup for Ohio State. Makes a lot of sense, Andre. And you know what? This team try, has won two national championships. In the last 20 years, if you remember, only two other teams have done that, and that, of course, being Alabama and LSU. There was an inquiry. It was uncomfortable. It was unfounded, and it didn't work. It was an uncomfortable offseason, to say the least, for Brian Harson. What should we expect from the Tigers this fall after a tumultuous offseason? And the ACC road trip makes a stop? In Chapel Hill, North Carolina, we'll hear from the Heels' new defensive coordinator actually making his second stint. College Football Live back right after this. College Football Live is brought to you by Discover. Exceptionally common sense.
Last season was a bit of a roller coaster for Auburn, and then the Tigers' ups and downs continued in the offseason. A group of boosters came forward, accused head coach Brian Harson of losing the locker room and claiming he was generally unfit for the job. The problem is when the dust settled, the coup fell short, and Harson was still standing. Matt Stitchcomb joins us now as well. And, you know, guys, I used to cover baseball, and they'd always say the number one rule in firing a manager, you better know who's coming next or you don't do it. You can't do this if you don't see it through because now here we all are, Matt, and it's a difficult position for this football team, I would think, to move forward. Can they do that and put everything that happened behind them? Uh, it's going to take some time because, I mean, this is he's like the stray dog that you try to run off and wake up every morning. He's still on the front porch. Eventually, you just have to embrace the fact that he's, he's part of the family now. So how are you going to figure your way forward? But we're not even in year two with Brian Harson. And he's on, let's see, his third offensive coordinator, his second wide receivers coach, his second defensive coordinator, his quarterback left, the same one that beat Alabama a couple of seasons ago and nearly beat him last season. You had a running back, your, your best offensive threat, that almost left. You had to overhaul your staff. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. It's, it's never ideal to come into the next season having survived a coup. That's not how you want to open up your media days by saying, hey, they tried to get rid of me and it didn't work. Now I'll take some questions. That's just not the way you want to approach the podium. Yeah, it's a tough way to, to get business started in 2022 for Brian Harson. But I think, Matt, it, I'll look at the other side of this. This is a credit to Brian Harson and the type of individual he is because a lot of coaches would have said, hey, you want me out of here and he's a talented coach. Hey, I'll uh, pay me to go away and, and I'll sit out and get another job at some point in time. But he's got a talented football team back, six starters on the offense, eight on the defense. It's how they, how can he get the locker room back and manage a tough schedule with Penn State on it. You see there, Arkansas is an up-and-coming team in LSU and at Georgia. It's a tough, tough lay of the land for the Auburn Tigers. But I think, you know, his resiliency, if, uh, if coaching kind of blends its way into the team, Auburn should be okay. I tell you what, he's a better man than me, fellas. After just one year, I think I've taken my toys and gone home. But anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Former Auburn head coach, now Senator Tommy Tuberville, crazy to say, uh, introducing legislation along with other senators that would try and legislate NIL at the federal level. Right now, what we have is akin to the wild, wild west. Every state has its individual laws and interpretations. Here's what the senator said about NIL. What we'll do, uh, Paul, is Joe Manchin and I will take all this information. Uh, uh, we will try to set some guidelines. Again, not overstep our bounds, uh, not try to deter anybody making any money uh, in, in student athletes. We want to try to help with the transfer portal and try to uh, try to make it fair. You know, you can't really, really build a team right now because you don't know who you're going to have each year. We do not want this to be the NBA or the NFL. Well, listen, guys, you know, they unrolled yeah, this, this is... thing perhaps before it was a finely tuned machine, Andre, and you, and you know this, and, and legislating at the federal level makes a lot of sense in some ways, but the execution is a whole different ballgame. Somebody better legislate it or get it back in the kennel because this dog is running free, and I said all along before NIL came, came along, if there's not a better plan than the one they were talking about, then this was going to get out of hand in a hurry. 
programs, the larger programs are going to just basically move away from, from some of the smaller programs. It's not going to be fair for anybody, uh, maybe with the exception of 36 schools, but uh, this is going to be tough. How do you, how do you legislate this? Who, in, who enforces whatever? How do you punish teams for going over whatever the number is that, that is set? I've said all along that this should be something that happens after graduation. Put this in a trust Kid earns his degree, then you get the money. And if you don't earn a degree, the money just kind of sits there. It goes back into a pool for the program. Uh, but this is going to be hard to put back into a box. Yeah, there's no doubt. And my, and my curiosity is, is that so if we are going to legislate this at the federal level, so we're going to try to introduce laws, who's going to enforce those laws? And, and what do the penalties even look like? So if it's going to be you are now doing something that is illegal and against the law, not against some NCAA policy, whereas we know the NCAA would send in their investigators and they would kind of bounce around campuses for a little while. And then five years later, we would find out that something actually went wrong. Now we're going to send who? Who goes in and actually handles the investigation? Because we know right now that the NCAA has been effectively neutered in this area by the Supreme Court ruling. And so because of that, even if you cook up a law and we do this at the federal level, and so it's a blanket across the entire country, who then is going to enforce it? Mm -hmm. And how are they going to unearth these violations? And, and what are the guidelines in and around NIL in this law that would actually result in some type of transgression or illegal activity? And there's a, there's a lot of detail there that's really curious. I get we need a mechanism to get there. I just don't know how that happens mm -hmm. from a federal legislative standpoint. I agree, guys. I mean, they call it Pandora's box for a reason. And I think NIL serves <laughs> a lot of purpose for a lot of folks. I, I understand we were probably always headed that way. But, man, there's some kinks. There's no question about that. Uh, speaking of kinks, they're trying to work them out in South Carolina. At least the quarterback, Spencer Rattler, a year ago, a Heisman hopeful, now trying to return to form. We'll talk about his status coming up. College Football Live is brought to you by Champion, giving women the confidence to play by their own rules. Saturday, we'll again have the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony on ESPN, quite the class of 2022. It's Saturday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. The ACC Network crew currently on their preseason road trip around the conference today. A stop in Chapel Hill to check in on the Tar Heels, including a familiar face. Here's Gene Chizik, Wired. Well, we know guys, we're on day six, as you can see. And here I've lost my voice, right? So you know what's going on. But uh, it's been great. I think, I think the, guys have, the guys have really bought in. They're really working hard. Uh, every day we have intentional purpose. Uh, and they're, they're working on their habits and behaviors, right? That's all we talk about. We don't talk about winning or championships. We don't talk about any of that nonsense. We talk about the habits and behaviors that give you a chance to be in the conversation. So I'm really proud of these guys and how they've been working. Hey, Coach, it's Mark Packer. You know what? Uh, it would have been nice and easy to hang out in that studio, nice and chilled out in AC. <laughs> the only reason you're wearing that baseball hat is because all these creatures you got on that defensive line, that's the reason you came back to coaching. You've got some guys to work with now. 
Yeah, Pac, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, when I came here the first time, we were really thin on the defensive line. And here I am several years later, and I think that's one of the, the things that Mac has done a great job with in this staff is recruiting uh, big frames, big guys that can get after the passer, big guys that can stop the run. And we're trying to get them you know, to play with great pad level and to understand that we've got to win with them. Everything starts with the D-line. And so uh, when, we, uh, when we get these guys playing the way they need to play, I think we'll have a chance to, you know, to be a good defense. Tomorrow, the ACC Network road trip pulls into Blacksburg. Catch Kelsey Riggs, Eddie Royal, and Mark Packer as they'll chat with the new head coach, Brent Pry and get an all-access tour of the Hokies facility. Speaking of the ACC Coastal, all seven teams have won the division at least once since 2013. FBI gives Miami the best chance to win the Coastal this year. In addition, the Canes have only won the division once since joining the conference. That was in 2004. All right, Matt, if you have to call it, who wins the ACC Coastal? I'm going to say it's the Pittsburgh Panthers. And I know everybody's going to say, oh, Kenny Pickett's not there. Jordan Addison's on the wrong coast. He can't help out the Panthers anymore. But they went into the transfer portal. They picked up Mumpfield out of the, uh, from Akron, who was a freshman All-American. The wide receiving core is solid. They're going to have Frank Signetti back there. He has history there at Pitt before. Did a great job at Boston College igniting their passing game a season ago. And the Panther defense is legit. What I like the most, though, one road game among their first six contests, and it's at Western Michigan. They should have this thing rolling by midseason, and they don't see Miami until the end of the year, and that's only after the Canes have been softened up by Clemson on the road. Yeah, Matt, uh, all your reasons when you started without Pickett, without Addison, that's the reason why I'm going with the Canes, the Miami Cane, Hurricanes. Uh, the Tyler Van, Van Dyke, he's back at quarterback, their top pass catcher. He's back. Jalen Knighton's back in the backfield. And they've got a bunch of starters on the defensive side to really get after you. They've got athletes. Mario Cristobal's put together one of the better staffs in bringing in Josh Gattis, the offensive coordinator from Michigan, and then Kevin Steele, who's now going to coach up the defense. Great staff he's assembled, along with some pretty good talent that he has coming in. I think the Hurricanes going to blend some experience and some youth together to make it a magical year down in South Beach. Hur Hurricane Nation wants to hear that one more time. The prodigal son returns. They're hoping Mario <laughs> Cristobal brings with it what they've been looking for. Speaking of what he's looking for, what I believe to be the case here for Spencer Rattler is looking for a comeback. And South Carolina hoping he's the difference maker at QB. They have sorely needed hoping the Gamecocks are the remedy for what ailed him at Oklahoma. And together, the two hope to write Rattler's comeback story after a chapter that fell flat in Norman. Spencer's proven that he can that he can uh, win championships. You know, he won uh, the last time I checked, he's undefeated or 15. He's won his last 15 games as a starting quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. And he brings great leadership and talent to the position. But it's not on all Spencer. It's on everybody around Spencer to elevate this offense. He'll be the first to tell you he's got a lot to improve on. But we're headed in the right direction, not just with him, but with everybody around him also. So interesting what a difference a year makes. I would also say this, Andre, listen, if you're a fan of college athletes and college athletics, you want to see this ship uh, get righted. You know, you, you want to see this have a different outcome and not be the end of the story here. But can Spencer Rattler return to the form in South Carolina that left him a Heisman preseason favorite last season? 
I think so. The question is, does he have enough talent around him, Wendy, to uh, to, to kind of elevate this South Carolina program? There's a lot of pressure because you're talking about when you bring in a guy like Spencer Rattler, he was rumored to be a Heisman Trophy candidate last year, rumored to be one of the top picks if he had a magical season and came out uh, when he was at Oklahoma last year. But there's a lot of pressure when you bring a, a, a player of that caliber with the expectations, pressure from the fans and within. The two go hand-in-hand. Expectations and pressure go hand-in-hand, and can he match it? Sometimes I think that it's a lot of it's self-inflicted by uh, by Spencer Rattler. Yeah, you think about it. I mean, out in Oklahoma, he didn't have one car. He had two car deals at the same time, and then the pressure (laughs) gets to him in Norman. And you have to know that in the SEC, in the SEC East, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, maybe South Carolina can knock off a Georgia early on in the season. There's a real chance for South Carolina. They've been so much in putting Spencer Rattler forward. And can he take this offense to the next level? You know, there's a chance that they're 2-2 two and two coming out of their first four games to draw Georgia. And then, of course, you got Arkansas, who's thought to be one of the top teams out of the West Division. That's not an easy slate to open up the season with. And you heard Coach Beamer say it's not all on Spencer. Well, these other guys got to step up. They got to step up big relative to what we saw from South Carolina last year. They got to bolster Spencer Rattler up. He might want to lay low heading right into the early weeks of the season. I was just going to say that, guys. You know, sometimes when you have injury and you're on the sideline, or in this case, you have a challenging year, you know, you hear guys talk about how much more they appreciate things. Maybe take a step back, lay low to your point, Matt, and see what happens. You start putting those W's in the win column, it'll all sort itself out. We'll continue to try and sort it all out here on College Football Live. We're back on Monday. Hope to see you then. A new season coming soon.